Draft Giallo here from RT Sport with Connor Ronan's move to Colorado Rapids in January. There are now five Irish qualified footballers in Major League Soccer this season. And I'm delighted to be joined by one of that number, John Gallagher of Austin FC. Um, John, how are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. And uh, you're in. You're speaking to me from Texas right now, but in truth, your story begins in Dundalk. Uh, you're born in February 1996. Uh, what was it like growing up uh, in that particular county loud town? Just a, a normal, normal kid from. Uh, I actually lived in Black Rock, just outside of Dundalk. Um, played for my local team, Black Rock, and yeah, just normal um, kid. And then uh, my dad got the opportunity to go abroad he was working with guinness uh up in belfast actually and then um yeah had the opportunity to go abroad and it was actually to jamaica so a uh, big change for us um and we took it i knew i knew no different just being so young and yeah it was it was easy for me yeah you mentioned you you played with your local club and um in terms of your interest in football was it something like was your your father or your mother sort of interested in the sport or how did you how did it how did it sort of land in your lap um i think i always just had a football you know as soon as i could walk had one at my feet we um my dad grew up playing rugby uh my mom's side of the family played a lot of gaelic so there wasn't a whole lot of of football um but i just gravitated towards it and um yeah you know you, you know yourself like being from home it's um it's either gaelic or football you live and breathe it and so i uh, i was playing whether it was with my mates or just um with my team or in, in the back garden you know i always had a football at my feet you mentioned jamaica was one place i think there was singapore the united states mm-hmm. um was it a wrench at that age? Obviously, at at certain ages, when if you're at a certain age, like when you're eight or nine, sometimes you just kind of go with the flow. I, I presume it yeah. was like that. Yeah, the first few were easy. It was it was pretty much like two, three years at each place. So every every second, third year, you were moving. So it's tough. Um, I'd say when you get a bit older, you know, teenage years, um, you're a bit more moody towards your parents, and you let them know what you think of it. But um, I uh, it gets tough when you make friends at that age and then you've got to move and start over. But um, as cliche as it is, like football was always the easiest way to integrate um, into a new place. So my dad would always, you know, show me where I was going to go on trial, where I was going to, you know, try play. And um, from there, it was easy to, to, you know, make new friends. Yeah. And as you said, football is a great way to, I suppose, meet people. And then obviously it's great. It's a great outlet as well. But in terms of the... I suppose obviously you've got to a level where you're a professional as a child did you kind of did you kind of realize that you had a gift for it um quite early on that you were pretty good in comparison to your peers in all these different countries um yeah I'd say like I I knew I was good but I always felt there was um a big difference as I got older um to back home and England like the academies I'd see players that were going on and seeing how well they were doing that I'd maybe known in the past and um, it felt like I was kind of getting out of touch with that. And the 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 dream of playing professional football was kind of slipping away. Um, so that's when at 15, I moved back by myself and went to boarding school in England. And then from there, I had, you know, a couple of trials at certain places. Um, so, yeah, it was always trying to chase the dream. I never never felt like it was ever close. Um, but at the same time, I always had belief. And, I, you know, I gave myself no other option but to, to try and make it. So... Yeah, and as you mentioned, going to England on your own at fifteen. Which country were you living in at the time when you when you made that move? 
I was in Singapore um, and at that that age, like I was already playing um, with men like that uh, to, to get pushed as much as I can. I was, um, I guess, outgrowing um, the competition, just given like it's a smaller country and football's not as developed there. So um, me and my dad made the decision that'd be best, you know, if I want to chase this dream to, to go back and, and try get in front of some professional clubs. Yeah, and uh, obviously going to England alone at that age, I mean, um, how daunting was it? Obviously, the fact you've made the decision shows a level of bravery anyway, but once you land, um, you know, in a far-flung place, obviously language isn't an issue, but at the same time, it's a very it's a very young age to go somewhere by yourself to sort of chase a dream. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure because um, on one hand, you've, you've got to grow up a bit a bit sooner than than most and on the other hand, you know, you're afraid of disappointing so many people that um, obviously, you know, my parents giving me the opportunity, spending their money to to have me go over there and, and live by myself and chase this dream. You know, you don't want to let them down. So it's, um, yeah, I had to grow up quick and, you know, it served me, it served me well in the long term. Um, but obviously, yeah, as you said back then, it was it was daunting and it was, you know, in the back of my head, am I going to make it? Is it just going to be for nothing? Yeah, and uh, the trials were Newcastle and Blackburn, I believe. Um, in terms of actually getting a trial, like how does that process work, especially with these like big Premier League clubs? Yeah, I mean, um, both of those were just from uh, Blackburn. Was just I think a scout had seen me play um, on a Saturday at my um, boarding school, and then the Newcastle one. They actually played against us in in Singapore for a tournament. Um, and I'd done, I think I scored like two goals against them. So I'd done pretty well. And they, they said, yeah, if you're coming back, um, let us know. And we got in touch and, and went over there for, for a week or two, yeah. but nothing, nothing came of it. And, um, that was another disappointing thing. So, yeah. And what's the experience of those trial matches like, or what kind of, how do they put you through your paces? I mean, to, to gauge, I suppose your level. Yeah, I just, I just, um, went training with them for a week or two. Um, I think Blackburn was like three, four weeks, um, just lived in the digs with with other kids and um, that were on the team. And yeah, um, I played in like one or two friendlies. Um, and yeah, nothing came of it at, at the end. You know, obviously had to get the bad news that they they weren't really interested. So yeah. And do they give um, like valuable feedback or is it sort of just, as you said, um, OK, we're, you know, you're not for us or is is there some advice or something that maybe does come out because obviously they're they're dealing with a lot of kids and maybe just through pure numbers it's almost churning it out but so it might not be helpful to you as a player who's sort of been let go from that situation yeah it's it's tough you know like you almost you don't have much to to really to listen to them after they tell you, you know, we're not going to keep you on because then you've got to process that. But we, um, you know, I, I was told a lot of the feedback was that I was too small and, and not physical enough, um, which I was at the time. You know, I think that a lot of players have a different path to get to to where they want to be. And some might mature later than others. So 17, 18, you know, I, I probably didn't physically mature till I was about 21, 22. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I agree. Looking back and I agree, I was too small. I wasn't, you know wasn't physical enough to keep up with the pace of the game there. And um, at that age, you know, it's tough to take a chance on a, on a small kid like that. Yeah. But then your journey takes you to the United States and to a scholarship uh, in Notre Dame. So how did that come about? Yeah, we, um, I was literally on the train back from, from Blackburn and, um, you know, obviously had to 
stomach the the guts to to call my dad and um let him know it didn't go don't go well and he was like why, why didn't you try go overseas um go to america get a education and play because obviously back home you know you don't really get to choose both you either go one way or the other um so i was apprehensive at first but then i thought you know what he might have a point like i can go get a good education in america obviously the colleges are, are, are very good over there and um still play football had no idea how the standard would be or what it was like so i literally went back to my boarding school went to the library and typed in like top schools and a list of top 25 schools for football and i just emailed each coach um got a reply from maybe four or five and uh notre dame replied and said uh you know we've not recruited a, a kid from outside the country but we've got an, a camp that we run uh, every summer and there'll be 40 50 other schools at the at it so it was like a showcase um and you know we looked into it and said it's probably the best in terms of the amount of people you get in front of and in terms of value for money so um again flew out there for for a week or two done pretty well and had a couple offers um and from there it was um I chose Notre Dame yeah yeah because uh, it's interesting enough I was talking to a member of their fighting Irish American football team they were mm -hmm. over here recently because they've got a they're playing uh they're going to be playing a game against navy in uh august and right. uh so they were doing a bit of promotional work so i had a chance to kind of speak to them and have a and have a bit of a do a little bit of research on the university um and i presume with american football you can see the pathway towards the nfl and the way it works because it's very structured how does that work with um soccer because obviously here in here in europe uh, whether it's in ireland or whatever it comes through academies or there's mm -hmm. other you know true scouting or whatever to, to you know to go up the the ladder the u.s system is completely different to that though yeah yeah it's it's very very unique but it is quite similar to to the nfl of you know if people understand how that works um similarly you, you declare for the the draft and if you do well enough um in your in your college career you hopefully have a chance of, of getting picked and um that's just pretty much how it went for me yeah and looking at your stats 84 games for notre dame fighting Irish, 39 goals 15 assists what what position were you playing at the time uh i was kind of playing like a winger like a and a 10 um so yeah a little bit different to now obviously playing fullback <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then declaring for the um the super draft then for the MLS uh, like how do you like again you kind of explained it there a little bit earlier but in terms of then when I mean do you kind of have to wait till you do your degree or or to the or the culmination of your degree or can you just declare early so you can um go in early but you have to be offered from the league they call it a generation adidas contract okay and that allows players to sign before the draft and um, basically sign for the MLS, not an actual team. Um, I had the opportunity to do that in my third, after my third season there, but um, I thought, you know, I've only got a year left of school to get a, a really valuable education. So um, as hard as it was to say no, I held in there just just thinking long term and, and probably, I probably picked the safer option. Um, and, you know, who knows how it would have gone, but then from there it was, finish out my, my degree and uh yeah go into the draft and, and just wait for your name to be called and what was the degree uh business 
clients. Ah, different, okay, yeah. And yeah. Uh, then obviously you make the step up to that professional environment uh, in the MLS. And initially it's Atlanta United and their second team. Like, just how big a difference was it then to to go from, I suppose, the college system and the previous experiences you'd had with trials in England and then into uh, within an MLS franchise? Yeah, I mean, you obviously you're buzzing to get the opportunity that you've worked so hard for. But um, you're starting from ground zero. Um, you get thrown into a professional team. And the team that we had that year was obviously um, the winners of MLS Cup. So really talented group. Um, you know, Joseph Martinez won the MVP of the league. And Miguel Almiron was amazing, obviously, seeing what he's doing at Newcastle now. So it wasn't exactly easy competition I was up against. Um, so, yeah, it was tough. You know, I was training with the first team a lot and not getting a lot of minutes. But thankfully, they have like a reserves um, I guess you could so call it what's most similar to, to back home. Um, and that just is like basically under 23 football um, where you can go get games in minutes. And that was great for me because not a lot of MLS teams back then had that. Um, so still gave me the opportunity to play. Yeah, and this is in the USL then, because I've, I've sp spoken yeah. to a number of uh, Irish players, because there's actually quite a there's a quite a decent number of uh, Irish lads over the years who've gone over um, to for act to, to actually play with actual um, like the established USL clubs as opposed to to the second teams. And um, as as you said, with training there, like did you as you said, you trained with the first team. I mean, we're watching Miguel Almiron now at Newcastle, where he's actually made a, a step up. He found it quite difficult initially partially maybe because of the language but he's now established himself as a you know a bona fide um Premier League player I mean did he kind of stand out initially to you in training oh yeah he was he was amazing he was so quick he was like he was quicker with the ball than without and um you obviously see him now like he he runs his socks off and um really honest player um so it was fun obviously trying to learn from him but yeah he was he was definitely a step above most people in the league yeah, and then Chris McCann, of course, who was uh, over um, was with Shamrock Rovers for the last number of seasons, but is now uh, but left um, ahead of uh, the current League of Ireland season. Um, obviously, as you said, you didn't really get to play much in terms of the first team, but uh, given the fact he's Irish as well, did you kind of get a chance to get to know him a little bit? Yeah, yeah, we. I was probably close with him and that friend group that he was close with, so he obviously. Um, somewhat took me under his wing and and was was pretty friendly from the moment I got there having known that I was Irish myself yeah and then similarly as well the the manager I think it, uh, in the early part of your time there um Tata Martino um again he's had quite a broad ranging career that's taken him from the highs of Barcelona um he was the Mexico manager at the World Cup he's had other big roles did you learn anything off him in in terms of training or was there i suppose given that you were more involved with the second team there wasn't as much of a closeness no he was he was he was really really uh i guess it was a unique experience playing for him because he's so different to any coach that i've worked under in the past um you know he was not the most um you wouldn't see him a lot around the building you'd literally see him for training and then he would disappear so there was like almost an aura when he came out and yeah, his ideas were were different, but you could see that they'd always work. You know, he'd tell us to do this on, on a Wednesday or Thursday, and then you'd go watch the boys and they'd execute it, and it would work perfectly on the Saturday. So he was he was a very, very good coach, and I can see why he's he's been at the top level um, and then obviously winning an, an MLS Cup for us too. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I tried to learn as much as I could from him. 
Yeah, and then you you went on loan to the Scottish Premiership with Aberdeen, who of course very historic club, um, famously one of the few Scottish clubs uh, to have won a European trophy back with Alex Ferguson in the uh, in the early eighties. And how did that move come about? Was it something you pushed for? And uh, how did you find the experience in Scotland then? No, I didn't push for. It. I was um, was on the bench for about eight or nine matches with the um, with the first team and not really getting any minutes. So um, that was frustrating for myself. And I thought, you know, I just got to put my head down and keep working. But then, uh, you know, I got called in um, by the technical director. And he said, look, um, we want you to to grow and, and get better. You're not getting your opportunity here. Um, Aberdeen have reached out about you. Um, and I think there's to be a good chance we could get you on loan there. Um, they 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 want to do it. So they're literally starting preseason and, and it was like 10 days or something. So it just happened so quick. I got sent there. I'd already um been in the middle of the MLS season because they don't line up so I was fit I go into my second preseason of the year it was, was tough but um no it was great great experience there yeah and especially I mean Scotland like England like France or and much of Europe it's a uh, soccer first or football um I might start calling it football now as we're talking about Scotland anyway probably uh, <laughs> uh culturally more appropriate but in terms of football in Scotland and actually it being in a professional environment where um football is number one and it's uh and it's all encompassing like how did you find that in comparison to the us where soccer is definitely growing and it's uh it's probably it's in the top four sports at the moment i get the sense from from here but how did you find it i guess was being in that pressure cooker of uh aberdeen and scottish football yeah it was a massive adjustment i um you know had gone from playing in the usl to um, I, I started in the first European qualifying match um, in front of however many thousand at, at Pataudry. So it was um, almost like thrown, being thrown in the deep end. Um, uh, the expectations are massive at the club. Um, you know, there's no relegation in in the US, which kind of can take pressure off clubs at the bottom. Whereas, you know, over back home there you're fighting for every point and there's jobs on the line and the manager has expectations of the players and the fans have expectations so it's it was a huge adjustment and um yeah something I had to had to adapt to really quickly yeah and it probably gave, gave you an appreciation of where the MLS is as a, as a level in comparison to a league like Scotland which would be sort of a mid-ranking league in Europe where the best clubs generally get to the group stages of the Champions League so it's a it's a really high level and then I've seen like um, Alistair Johnson Johnston who's gone who was playing with Canada at the World Cup who's gone from Montreal now to Celtic and seems to be thriving so um, how do you think the levels sort of measure up on average between the two leagues yeah, I get this question asked a lot. Mainly, there's probably quite a big similarity between the level and the in the two leagues. I just think what differentiates is, is the style of play. Um, in Scotland, it's obviously um, less of a tactical battle sometimes, and the balls in the air more, and there's bigger players, and you know you got to compete for aerial duels. Um, a lot more 50-50s, bigger challenges. It's it's quicker. You probably got less time on the ball. Um, whereas in the MLS, you know, we, there's a lot of players from South America that obviously love the ball at their feet, love the ball on the floor, want to make a lot of passes. So it's, it is so different. Um, and that, you know, it can suit one player more than, more than the other. Um, for myself, I, you know, I probably suit, suited the MLS game a little bit more just because, you know, I'm not the biggest lad. Um, 
you know, I was competing for for balls in the air against six foot four centre backs in Scotland, which probably wasn't the best thing for me. So, yeah, and uh, it seemed to be beneficial in terms of uh, once you returned then with Atlanta, you were pretty much back straight into the first team, and then it kind of the ball went rolling from there. Yeah, yeah, I um I, I got sent back during COVID, and um one thing led to another. A couple of injuries, there was an opportunity for me, and um done well, come on and and scored a goal, and from there. Um, scored a couple more that season and then got traded to to Austin. So again, that 2020 year, although it was COVID and there were so many stoppages, it was a big um, turning point in my career. Yeah, and that Austin move is a couple of years ago, 2021 now, and they were ob- they're obviously a new club in comparison to or a new franchise in comparison to some of the more established teams in in MLS. And as we've seen, the likes of Inter Miami and others have uh, have come in, and it's really spreading. Um, what was it like joining a relatively new outfit? Yeah, it was exciting. Um, hadn't heard a lot about the club. Uh, obviously, knew that they would be the new kids on the block, and that there was a lot of hype around the, around the team. I hadn't, I hadn't been to Texas ever. I knew that it was a massive state. It's really hot in the summers. Um, Dallas and Houston didn't draw massive crowds to their home matches. So I didn't know what to expect, but, um, you know, ever since the, the club started, they've hit the ground running. Um, you know, every, every game, the, the stadium's packed and the support's been excellent. So, um, I think the community's really taken to the team. Yeah, and part of uh, your development in the team. So you've gone from being more of a winger, number 10, as you said, in college, and you've kind of moved into full back, which obviously in the modern game now seems is a really attacking role. Yeah, yeah. We um, we had a couple injuries towards the end of the first season, and um, they'd known that I played like right wing back in a fives. And um, so I slipped back into, into right back and done really well. And um, they talked about, you know, bring me back for that second season and try and make a fullback full time. And um, yeah, haven't looked back since. Went really well last year, obviously. And um, yeah, just fortunate that the the club's given me the, the chance to play there. Yeah. And obviously you've carved your name into the club's history as well with the, so you scored the first goal at the, at what is the new stadium, the Q2 stadium against Portland. So uh, what was that mm-hmm. like? Oh, it was amazing. We had, we actually hadn't scored the first two home matches. So it was like, the pressure was building um, and you could feel it in the building. So once once the ball went in the back of the net, the place just erupted. And um, yeah, it's just it's nice to know that you've had that impact on the community. The amount of people that come up and say, you know, I was there the night that you got you scored the first goal. Um, so that's that's really cool for me to see that, you know, I've at least left my my print on the club in that in that sense. Yeah, and you've been leaving a print uh, on the club this season in terms of adding goals from your position as well. So I wanted to mention the uh, so you you got the uh, the goal of the week for the MLS back in uh, I think it's the third week of the season. So um, earlier this month, and uh, it's against uh, Real Salt Lake. And uh, you might talk me through it. Actually, my favorite part of it, obviously, and I think it's for those who maybe watch Tony Evo in the Premier League. Anything that hits a crossbar and goes in, there's like an added oomph to it. Yeah, yeah. No, it was. Um, I kind of dribbled my way into pressure and <laughs> didn't have any options. So I thought. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take a crack at it. And it was on my my left foot as well. So my weaker side, but I, I struck it nicely. And um, as I was kind of like wheeling off, I said, oh, this has a chance of going in and I hit the bar and went down. So obviously it makes it look a bit sweeter. So yeah, nice. 
Yeah, and the, the thing of adding goals to your game, obviously you scored again then against Colorado just the weekend, uh, just gone, albeit there was a VAR review first, so you probably had to hold the yeah. celebration in for, for a little while. But yeah. um, is that like is that something that with it, between yourself and your coaches, it's something you're, you've just been looking to add to your game and now the fruits are coming? Yeah, maybe. Um, I played a lot on the left last year at left back just due to um, availability that we had. and. Um, this year I've kind of transitioned more into right back roles. So my stronger, more dominant sides. And yeah, I, just, I don't really know what's, what's been happening. I've just been finding myself in good spots and, you know, the coaches never put expectations on me to be chipping in goals. Obviously they, you know, they'd like assists from, from the wide areas. Um, but yeah, I've just found myself in some good spots and maybe because I've had experience as a winger, I have a bit more calmness in, in front of goal. Um, I'd like to think maybe, but um, who knows? Hopefully it continues. But as I said, you know, to, to the fans and the media, don't expect me to be scoring 15, 20 goals as a fullback. Yeah. And as you said earlier, like when you were doing trials with the likes of Blackburn and Newcastle and they're telling you, obviously you're, you're, you're too small at that particular age. But as you said, like a lot of footballers, because actually there's been some massive names in the game who have been told that exact same thing, and then they find themselves having legendary careers. You're now 27, which in terms of uh, the traditional age of a footballer, it's sort of your peak years. Like, do you kind of feel you're at that peak now, like both physically, mentally, in terms of experiences as well? Yeah, I mean, I've, I'd like to think I'm getting close to it. Um, I definitely say I've been a late bloomer um, in terms of my development. Um, as I said before, I think everyone has a different path to reaching that level. And mine just took a little bit longer and was maybe the path less traveled. But um, yeah, I'd like to think that as I've kind of solidified a, my best position, maybe on the pitch, albeit that I can play in numerous positions, um, you know, I feel like I'm definitely on the upward trend right now and, and playing good. So um, just hope, hopefully keep working hard and it continues. Yeah, and obviously, as being a professional sports person in any big city in America, I'm sure there's a lot of attention. But in terms of being a soccer player in whether it was back in Atlanta or more so in Austin, um, what's it like living, I suppose, within that environment? And can you sort of kind of go around with a little bit of anonymity from time to time? Or is it a is it are you kind of mobbed by supporters wherever you go? <laughs> no, I wouldn't say mobbed. Um, I'd say that the more I've scored and the more I've played, the more, more I get recognized um, just because we're the only professional team in town. So, um, you know, there's a lot of attention on us. Um, but people in America are, are so friendly about it. You know, they'll, they'll occasionally ask for a picture, but most of the time they'll just say like, you know, we appreciate everything you're doing for the city and whatnot. So um, no, we've, it's been, been really nice and I love living here. Yeah, and in terms of keeping up with what's happening in Ireland, obviously we're talking just uh, as the, the international break uh, has ended, just uh, just after um, France came here to to Dublin and won one nil in the Euro twenty twenty four qualifier. I mean, do you kind of uh, obviously there's a massive time difference as well where you are, and obviously you have commitments in terms of training and everything. But is it sort of appointment viewing for you whenever Ireland is playing? Yeah, I, I always watch the. It's always on ESPN here, so it's easy to to view. Thankfully. Um, and it's usually right when I get home from training around two, three o'clock in the day. So I've been watching and, and, and keeping tabs and obviously supporting from afar. Yeah, because I, I know you've sort of an ambition as well to to actually wear that green jersey at senior level at some stage in your career. I mean, 
playing in the MLS and I suppose the route you took has it kind of felt a little bit out of sight out of mind uh, overall up to your career in your career up to now yeah definitely I mean who wouldn't want to play for their their home country and and represent you know my family the people back home um it would be an honor but it's it's not something that I'd expect or ever you know expect it just be handed to me um obviously have to work and um you know do well as I am now and you know make a name for yourself which which I feel like I am uh, in recent years um so yeah I mean MLS is a bit far away and hopefully with the league growing we can get more exposure and um yeah maybe catch the eye of of, of someone yeah like you wouldn't feel the need like to move to Europe in 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 that case to sort of make your name bigger in terms of you know attracting the attention whether it's Stephen Kenny or um whoever's on the Irish staff or in terms of scouts it, like do you feel like with the, the league is at a certain point in uh in the US that it, that dream is actually possible from where you are now um I'd like to think so but I I don't I I wouldn't have the answer for that you know I, I don't know what what they're thinking as I said I'm not expecting anything I just know that if I play well and can contribute with goals and assists and good performances that um you know you hope that that you're being watched or at least um they're keeping tabs on you and am I right in saying um when you were eligible for the under 21s there was an opportunity there at one point but it got scuppered by injury yeah um no king like he didn't I wasn't called up per se but he'd spoken to me he came to watch me train um like when I was back home uh one Christmas I joined in with a with the team and he said um let me just get eyes on you and then he invited me into a march camp um and said come train with the 21s uh this and that and then I broke my ankle like 10 days before in a, in first first preseason as a pro so never never came to fruition and nothing came of it after that unfortunately yeah and in terms of like even just outside of football have you been back home um since you since you left age 9 yeah, yeah, with my my um, you know, my siblings are, are back home in Dublin, and my parents still have a house in in Dundalk. So mainly Christmases um, in December time, just based on how the MLS season goes, is, is the the time I can get back home. Yeah, and I suppose a, a final point as well. I mean, Conor Ronan's move, and he was somebody who was who has actually been called up to the the Ireland squad once, although he didn't get capped, but a regular at under twenty one level. Um, do you feel his move overall, and the fact that maybe there will be some eyes kept on the MLS that that's going to be beneficial for you in the long term as well? And of course, there's a long history of Irish players going across to the league. I mean, Robbie Keane's the obvious one, but mm-hmm. I mean, Derek, Derek Williams is there at the moment, and. Um, I mean, Kevin Doyle spent a bit of time with Colorado and obviously Colorado's a club or a club that also has a, a lot of Irish involvement there. Yeah, I'd like to think so. I think the league's growing massively every year. There's a lot of a lot of talent coming from South America and, and more from Europe um, each year. So the standards getting getting really good and it's it's harder for for players like myself back then coming from college to, to even break in now. So, you know, with with more better players coming from these big markets you know the the hope that the standard increases which it is and it's growing in America too so I think it has a very high ceiling 
yeah, a rising tides, as I say, lift all boats. So, um, yeah, well, anyway, John, um, as I said, uh, I enjoyed that goal of yours uh, <laughs> against Portland. The crossbar and in, it's always uh, it's always an enjoyable uh, type of goal score. And hopefully we uh, we do see you scoring more goals. And um, obviously, as you said, you have your dream of uh, wearing the uh, Ireland men's senior, well, the, the green jersey of the Ireland men's yeah. senior team. So um, best of luck uh, on that road as well. So uh, thanks a million for taking the time. Good man, thanks for having me.